is amazing talking to all of you today. I just wanted to talk about how much bravery goes along with just committing to being perfect and how important perfection is. I think being able to claim imperfection as something that sets you apart is just so forgiving and life-giving. It's just an amazing way to navigate the world. And I'm talking through how you do that, how you incorporate that, and what to do. I don't know where we all went today, but you know what? Listen up, because it's about to be a goodie. Let's go. This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Uh, The Death of a Dream really is my expression from the start of a very sad and low and unaligned place in life where I was struggling with so many living beliefs, so many people telling me that I couldn't just go live my dream life. And it really walks every day through what it looks like to transition out of a life that's just fine and into a life that I wanted to live. And so this is just the daily journal of what that looked like for me. You can take whatever you need from here. Um, I talk through different things that I read, different things that helped me through, different moments and different blocks that I had to break down to get to this better place and alignment for me looks like being a serial entrepreneur and um, being able to write and speak and talk through what life looks like for me and how other people are pursuing their dreams. So the death of a dream really is just a journey out of that place and into a new and true place. Glad you're here. Hey, welcome. So great to see you. Can't even stop looking at you. Oh my gosh, what have you been doing? Seriously, the glow, it's just effervescent. Effervescent? It's gorgeous. Just stop. No, don't stop. Please keep going. Please keep doing more of whatever is lighting you up in this way. It is magnetizing. You are amazing. You are gorgeous. You are radiant. Okay, let's go ahead and ground ourselves in all of our greatness. I hope that you just accepted that, took that all the way in and realized that that is your reality should you so choose it. I just said words that are your truth if you decide to bestow them upon yourself. So take those words and breathe them into your existence. And part of that is grounding ourselves in our greatness because the only way to make it so is by creating the reality that we want to exist. We want to be great and radiant and beautiful and all the things that I started the show off with. But what are we actually doing to make those things happen? And I am telling you that one spa day every six months is not enough. You have to find a practice of loving and nurturing yourself. And one of those things that you could do every day, 
minimal time, minimal focus even, is just this super easy and applicable grounding greatness practice. Greatness grounding practice. I'm saying things backwards and all kinds of upside down, but here we go. Uh, so it's just every day we call greatness into our lives. We look for greatness in our lives and we talk about it, write it, say it out loud to yourself in a prayer. Be grateful for it. I don't know how you're doing this. Maybe you write an entire journal full of amazing things, but the whole goal is for you to start seeing how amazing you are and start talking about it and verbalizing it and making it happen even more. Because somewhere in there, you'll start to find this beautiful habit of acknowledging how amazing you are more often. And the only things that result from that are, oh yeah, you being even more amazing than you already are right now. So my great thing <laughs> was, you know what? You know how I've been trying to do more things? And what spurred this was not this like overnight, I'm going to be fun. I'm going to be the cool person. I'm going to do all these things. Um, at the beginning of the year, I started with a friend, um, this like list of things that I was going to do every day, every month, like this list of things. And one of those things was to do something fun every day, just for the pure sake of funness, just for the pure sake of, of wanting to incorporate more fun into my life. And really just for the pure sake of saying yes, and not being so shut down to opportunities that could exist just one step beyond my comfort zone. And so this weekend, I was like, well, I've been doing fun things, but you know, like we could push it. And all of a sudden someone's like, do you want to ski? Water ski? I'm like, ah, oh. and my kids slash maybe other people, I don't remember, but they were like, I don't think she can. I'm like, oh, listen here. Okay. I was skiing from the ripe old age of seven. And at seven, I was taught on like these teeny tiny little tie-up skis and they had ties. So then your skis, because the hard part when you're little is controlling the skis. So they tie them together. And so you get up and you stay up, but you're just on these little skis. And when I was really little, the first time I went around, I was so down that I um, just stayed crouched the whole time. And I probably went around the lake or the portion of the lake that we were in, I would say about six times, just crouched down in like child's pose, but standing up just to crouch, like squat. I'm not giving this up. I am not letting go of this rope. Anyways, eventually I graduated on, but I have always known how to water ski. Um, my family just, we couldn't afford much, but my dad always found a way to have a boat. It was one of the things that brought him extreme bouts of anger, but also the most joy that I would ever see him having was when we were on the boat, as long as the boat started. And as long as we could get the boat out of the water onto 
the the anger really happened at the boat ramp going in and out but every moment outside of the boat ramp and the trips there and back um pure blissful joy like i was not used to seeing from my dad it was just all joy anyways so that was one of the things that brought him so much joy and so he always found a way to hold on to a boat always um i think when we went bankrupt it was actually one of the things that a grandparent maybe bought back for us if i remember right anyways i don't know but we have always boated i don't know how it ever happened we would like boat we never had soda but you would get one pack of soda that soda was always ruby red squirt you would get one pack of soda and like a thing of bologna and white bread and maybe cheetos if we were feeling good if the van didn't break down on the way there <laughs> but boating so we just grew up on lakes and we, um, you, you got to learn to ski as soon as you could learn to swim. And so I always water skied. Everybody in my family, you would just water ski. Everybody would, would water ski around the lake a couple of times. And then that would be a part of what we did. And then most of the time would be spent at the beach or tubing. I wasn't all that into tubing, but water skiing I could get down with. And so I haven't water skied in, I don't know how long. Uh, if I can remember, uh, maybe, maybe it's been 10 years. I'm trying to remember the last time that I remember going boating and skiing. And it's probably been since college. And so when someone said, hey, do you want to water ski? Then I was like, huh, it's got to be like riding a bike, right? Yeah, sure. I'll water ski. <laughs> I don't know if I even know how to do that, but okay, let's go for it. And so the first time I like sputter and it was dumb, right? Because my husband was like, make sure that you have the skis tight enough. And I'm like, I've been skiing since I was seven. <laughs> okay. Make sure you have the skis tight enough. Thanks. when did you learn to ski when you were 17? <laughs> Whatever. And sure enough, yeah, the first thing that happened was my ski slipped right off. <laughs> And I fell very ungracefully, entire face, nose, mouth, underwater, suffocating in water, just took in a whole mouth, nose full. So then the next time I'm like, why? I can do this, right? And yes, in fact, I could. I got up, I skied around the lake just one time because, okay, the lake was really choppy and... I, my legs were exhausted. They were like, okay, we're ready to be done. And I'm like, okay, but we're gonna, let's get over the wake, right? Cause my husband did that a couple of times and I'm like, I gotta be, you know, kind of cool mom. Let's go over the wake. So I go over the wake and then I'm like, just let go of the rope and we'll fall, right? Gracefully. And so I'm falling and falling and to me, 
it's like I'm going slow and I'm just falling back and the, the, the lake's going to take me and just hug me back in. And to everyone else, like to me, it was graceful and it was slow and, and it was just wonderful. Like I float off and then I just start to fall and I just let myself fall back and I fall back. And when I get up from under the water, all I can hear is like, everyone laughing and looking at me like, oh my gosh, did she just die? But you should know that in my mind, in my mind, it was graceful and wonderful and like magical. I had just done something I hadn't done in 10 years and it just felt good to just like fall back. And uh, the fallback apparently looked like what most would interpret as a, a belly flap, but on your back. It didn't hurt. I really thought that I would be in more pain today or yesterday. I wasn't. Um, I still am not. And it didn't hurt at all. But you had on, I had on a life jacket. I don't know. And to me, it didn't feel like a flamboyant fall. But again, <laughs> when you haven't done something for 10 years, your body just kind of does what it, it does. I don't know. So I felt great because I did something that made me uncomfortable and something that was just fun. Like there was no reason to do it. In fact, there were probably 1 million reasons to not do it. One of them being you're going to look like an idiot and get laughed at. And in fact, most of the things that I feared would happen, happened. And I'm still here. And I still think it was fun. And I would still rather try and fail tremendously and be laughed at than not do it at all. And so I did it. Stepped outside the comfort zone, tried something I haven't done in a while, and just had fun for the pure sake of having fun. And that is my great thing. Go ahead and ground yourself in all of your ooey gooey goodness, greatness, and just take it all in. Just like revel in how amazing it is that you're alive and how amazing it is that you're doing anything at all. That you woke up today, that you took a shower, that you brushed your hair, that you smiled at yourself in the mirror or frowned at yourself. But at least you're still here. Like what is amazing? And if the only amazing thing is your life in your life right now is that you're taking a breath, then recognize yourself for that. Because even that is great. Okay. So just do that every day. Don't even bother asking me why. Don't even bother trying to get out of it. Just do it. I'm telling you, the vibe hits different. I've seen it change way too many people to even question it at this point. Okay. So today, today, people, good people. I just want you to know that we, we've been working for a while, right? Okay. Somewhere along the lines of three to four years. And what I love about this work is that it's so evolutionary that I don't know where we're going, that I don't know what's going to happen. This is just my honest, true life. And along with that comes a whole heck of a lot of imperfections. <laughs> right? And I just vowed to all of you that it's going to happen right in front of you because I don't want to get anywhere and not give people 
eye lines into what it looked like to get there. And so here it all is. And one of the things that I had to do was start to like rein myself in so we could actually accomplish something every day because my mind is a beautiful thing, right? It works. It's creative. It's amazing. And it's even more amazing when I feed it what it needs to survive. Like, come on. And so much of that is just like paying super close attention to my mindset. And when I took a hard stumble in my first attempts at walking into entrepreneurialism, I realized that the hardest part was keeping control of this mind, right? And putting it on tasks that were not only exciting to do, but also a requirement and making sure that we're accomplishing something every day. And so in the early stages of my path to entrepreneurialism, I attempted to just create lists because that's what I did at my last job. And I would just have these like 100 million long lists of things to do every week. And at the end of the week, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so amazing. I checked so many things off the list. But here's what worked for that in that setting. And here's where it didn't translate in my new setting, being an entrepreneur. In my old setting, right, I didn't need to win every day because I was getting paid and I had like yearly reviews where people were giving me feedback all the time, whether I was doing a good job or not. There was a constant stream and communication about who I was and if I was doing a good job. And so this endless list of things worked. It didn't, I could get them done. I would get them done when I would have timelines. Like it was all good. But mostly I had people giving me feedback. When I walked into being my own boss, there wasn't really anyone there to say, hey, you're doing great. Okay. Once in a while, you know, few and far between. Um, but for the most part, it's just you, right? And even if you aren't an entrepreneur, but like maybe you're struggling to keep up with mom stuff, maybe you're struggling to keep up with just life, right? I always want to find a way to show yourself that you are winning, that you are accomplishing things. And my fear is that a lot of us are are working in the same ways that we work in our workplace. But when we lack that consistent feedback that we're doing a good job or that that like seasonal way of knowing whether or not it's working, when we don't have those constructs, it gets hard to really know if you're winning. And so when your head hits the pillow, you're like, well, still have my list of 100 things. Oh, shoot. I just thought of another one. It's 101. I'm not winning. I'm just adding and I am exhausted. This list never ends. How do I start to win in life? And it really isn't all that different from being an entrepreneur because the list never ends. And with 
motherhood, the list never ends with adulthood. The list never ends with being an entrepreneur. The list never ends with being a fill in the blank. The list never ends, right? But I want the list to end for you daily, right? And so I created this system of five and five of working on five things a day, 10 technically, um, on working on 10 things a day, but actually accomplishing 10 things a day. Five of them are going to be an hour plus. Five of them are going to take under a half hour. And you're going to accomplish 10 things a day. And so every night, right, you're going to lay your head on the pillow and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I accomplished so much today. And you're not going to go, oh, I, I still have a list of 100 things. You are going to feel accomplished because you set out to accomplish 10 things and you did. And guess what? When you're struggling to accomplish one of the big things on your list, you have five things that you could knock out real, real quick. Right? And win. Hi, we're talking about winning. Hello, it's important. You have to do it. You have to find a way to win. It's really hard to just struggle and suffer out there all by yourself and never feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you don't have to add the things to your list that are automatic. Like I don't put the podcast on my list. It's something that I just do as a part of my every single day. It isn't even something that I question that's ever going to happen. I actually really struggle to energetically balance without starting my day with this. And so it's not something that I would have on that list. That's the same with anything that you do every single day that's automatic. Now, if there's something that you want to get in a really good habit, the cool thing is you can add it to this list and let's do it every day. And the um, official journals that are out now, which is actually what we're going to talk about today, the official journals that are out now are actually structured in 90 days. So if you knock out an entire five and five journal, you basically already have this structured as a habit and it's going to be something that sticks and hopefully something that really helps you to find your way back to winning with whatever it is you're struggling to win with, but basically to get you winning every day, period. I don't care what you put on the list of five. I structure it as anything a half hour above on the top of the checklist and anything under a half hour on the bottom, just so I have like tap outs. And the bottom things really are your tap outs. Okay, I'm not getting where I want to get with this top thing. I, I only have scheduled to work on this for two hours and I need to get it done. But you know what? I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels. Okay, let's pop out. Let's send a couple of these emails. Like that's easy. Let's do bills. Perfect. Easy. Email, bill, done. Okay, let's go back up. I feel re-energized now. Let's go. Um, but along with that, and really along with releasing and doing anything that's pushing you outside of your comfort zone, there is going to be this flaily dismount, okay? And I got to see one of the physical journals because this is the really funny thing. You can order author copies of whatever you print on Amazon, but you don't get to see it before anyone else could go and order it. So most of you who ordered a five and five daily task journal <laughs> have seen it before I saw it. Okay. You should know this. Now 
I now finally got to see one because my sister ordered one and I'm seeing what improvements need to be made, what uh, definitely need to add some instructions to the front. But in my mind, it's like they you won't find this unless you know who I am. And then you could watch or listen to the podcast or watch the webinar that's launching. And that's not so. Anyways, there are things that we need to do to improve, but this is the promise, right? Like anytime that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, anytime that you're pushing yourself beyond where you've been before, expect to go into a belly flop of a dismount. And it's okay. Like even if you haven't done it in a while, it's okay. And did it still feel good? Yeah, so let's keep going. It's going to be imperfect. It's going to be messy. You know what? The front the front of the journal is not centered. It's bugging me and it's okay. Right? Because someday, this is what I'm going to tell you, those of you who have these first copies and these first copies are not going to last long. Okay? Cuz I'm going to get in today and I'm going to make some edits and those are going to be updated within the next 72 hours. So these first copies those are going to be like the copies that everyone goes, oh my gosh, remember when? <laughs> and someone wrote on my Facebook wall today, like, I remember your first episode. I can't believe that there are 505 episodes. Like, that's what these journals will be, right? And when you like see vintage stuff now, when people are like, yeah, they didn't even have the trademark yet, or they didn't even have the whatever. So this is the rare one, right? This is the rare piece of furniture because they didn't even have their mark yet. This was like a different mark. This was their first version of their logo. Super rare. That's what these journals will be, okay? Don't run out and buy a million, but seriously, you could if you wanted to. And um, honestly, my uh, dance place down the street will probably thank you because then maybe we will be able to put our children in dance. Um <laughs> Just buy one. Just buy one. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay. But eventually, right, these are going to be rare. They aren't going to be something that goes on forever because I have realized that there's an opportunity, but like this is the first draft. This is the starting place of whatever this will be. And it's super cool. But I will tell you if you're doing anything, whether it's just picking up and skiing after 10 years or printing a journal, there's going to be so much imperfection there. And you have the choice right now to choose to see that as something that will someday be so rare and beautiful and awesome, or you have the choice to judge yourself, right? And I'm just choosing to love it. Like, okay, it's not perfect. Okay, we're always going to be improving and making this thing better. It's a work of art. It's a creation. It's something that is going to evolve over time, just like you as a human being. And so the fact that we think everything is going to come out perfect and, and perfected in this amazing thing, it just isn't. It isn't realistic. And if you got one of the journals and you're like, geesh, this girl's a crock. This journal sucks. I'm sorry. Hopefully you can return it. If you can't, like, and you're seriously really mad, 
you can just message me. I will send you the $10. I really will. I really will. Um, because it just, it just isn't perfect. And it's not meant to be. Like, I am open to feedback. I think there's so much beauty in the imperfection. The only way to really figure out if you got it right or not is to do something. And that something is probably going to be terrible. It probably is. And you're probably going to belly flop. And then you're going to get back up. And you're going to see the journal. Or you're going to see the fall when you ski. And you're going to go, oh, hmm. It didn't feel that bad. We can make this better. We could do this different. I still want to do this. It's okay if not everybody liked it. I'll do it better next time. It's okay if people laughed. This is just my thing. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to put into the world. This is how I want to navigate things. I want to do this. And you have something that's like that for you. And what I hope that you'll do today is just start letting go of how perfect it has to be. Put it out there. Make it a mess. And you know what? Price it at a price point where you aren't scared to refund people their money. Fine, I'll give you $10. And did it cost? If you didn't have Prime, I don't know that I can handle the shipping. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> just be prepared to be imperfect in this journey. It really is just life. And I like to think of all imperfections as the mint limited edition version of whatever it is that you're going to make. Every single time that you put something out there, it is going to probably crash and burn the first time. Cool. And if people can't find a way to love you anyways, it's probably someone who wasn't meant to stick. It's probably an opportunity that wasn't meant to happen for you. And I know that that's hard. Like that's a hard pill to swallow, right? No, this was supposed to be the thing. This was supposed to hold on. This was supposed to be it. And that didn't happen. Oh no, oh no. The world is abundant, my sweet thing. There will be more opportunities. In fact, there will be better ones coming your way. Just hold on. Just keep going. Just make it better every time. I guess the only real promise is that it's all imperfect. That claiming perfection is a silly claim to make. Thinking that you got it all right and that you're going to release the first thing and there's going to be no problems is a great way to set yourself up for disappointment. Right? I release myself from anything draining me, from all expectations draining me of my happiness. I release myself from all expectations draining me of my happiness. That's that release of perfection. Who cares? Get it wrong. Get it messy. Print it with no instructions. That makes perfect sense. But just put it out there. She can't really make it better if you're not 
willing to throw it in the ring first. Right? You can't belly flop, back flop, and feel cool about something that you did, even though you probably looked like a moron. Just like go out and live an imperfect, messy life. Because you'll be surprised at how much you get out of it. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, you've made it all the way here. And I do want to tell you that this is like where the real listeners go to get the inside track. Because we have started to work with Brain.fm, which is an incredible meditation, creative focus app, which actually helps with all of those things, focus, relaxation, creativity, like I utilize it in so many different ways. And I didn't realize that it was sort of the music app that I was lacking. And I was excited when they reached out to become an affiliate of this show um, and help my listeners utilize this platform for all the things that we talk about on this show, because music is one of those things that allows you to tap in and go to a higher level quicker than you could if you were just doing it on your own. So this helped so much in my meditative practice. It helped me from the mind wander that was constantly kind of coming up. It helped when I was in workflow for my mind to not wander into the lyrics of songs. It helped sort of just create this white noise in the background. And then this was the most unexpected help that happened. (laughs) It also helped with like getting my kids to bed and waking them up in the morning. I noticed that the general frequency of what usually would have been an up and down experience sort of leveled. And we all just experience this common calmness in all those instances where in a lot of nights and mornings, we'd have so many ups and downs. It leveled all of that out. So I'm excited. If you use the code, the death of a dream, you get 10% off of your subscription to that. Now, what I do love about it is that if it's not helping you, you can just end that subscription. So to try it for a month, it might cost you about three bucks. Okay. See if you like it. See if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you can always stop. Um, (laughs) But if it does, I think it's a really great way to tap into this self meditation, focus, presence work that we're always staying conscious of. I will have the link in the show notes every day for you to go ahead and check that on out. Hey, thanks for listening. As always, you can find me on all socials at the death of a dream. That's on Instagram. We do have a Facebook page that you can follow there. And then Hannah Ness on LinkedIn, go ahead and check out the website. If you feel like it, there are additional pieces that are not included in the podcast. um, And you can reach out and contact me anywhere. If you have any questions, message me, let's connect. I'd love to talk through your story because everyone's story is worth being told and has worth in it.